When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large a large crowd gathered around around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded, pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hand on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch, touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body. And she felt in her body, I'm sorry, that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet, and yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Amen. There was a young mom who had received word of a devastating health scare. The doctors did what they knew to do, and after months of treatments and medical care, she was considered cured. The medical community patted themselves on the back for bringing healing, but our young mom knew it was really just a healing from God. She was beyond grateful. She was beyond thankful to the Lord for the provision and the healing. But something still wasn't right. The good health that she had enjoyed before the health scare was gone. New symptoms and new problems popped up, getting worse and worse as the days, as the months, and as the, even the years moved forward. She had developed what we might now call a new normal because her current health issues had now affected her daily routines. She was not able to do the same thing she could before. She was excluded from things that had once been accessible to her and part of her life, but not anymore. She would go back to those same doctors that helped before, trying to get answers, trying to get healing. But doctor after doctor, offered no help, no answers, no cures. Now, our young mom didn't just visit doctors. She prayed, and she prayed for God to fix her, make her better. For 13 years, this went on, with each doctor visit ending up in frustration ending up 
in disappointment. The answered prayer never came, but disappointment did. You see, disappointment is a part of life. It's something that we all experience. Family may let us down. Friends may reject us. Our employer lets us down. Our spouse betrays us. We suffer from an injustice. Our hopes get dashed. Our dreams get shattered. Our expectations go unfulfilled. Disappointment hurts. It's painful. And it breaks us down. Disappointment has the ability to rob us of looking ahead with hope. But what do we do with it? If it's a part of life, what do we do with our disappointments? Our Bible character this morning, she knew about disappointment. The text said a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Now, we aren't told her name. She's referred to as just the bleeding woman. But she's been bleeding for 12 years. Physically, that would make one very weak and very frail. And like the lepers we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, there were ceremonial laws that were stacked up against her that would bring social and emotional disappointments as well. According to religious law that we find in Leviticus chapter 15, a woman during her menstrual cycle was considered unclean for seven days. Anything she touched was considered unclean. She was not allowed to lay in the same bed as her husband. She was not allowed to sit in the same places as her friends and family. She was not allowed to touch anyone. And that's just during the menstrual cycle. Now, our woman, our bleeding woman, has been bleeding for 12 years. She was not allowed human contact. No physical touch. No hugs. No gentle hand-holding to comfort her, to console her. She was not able to prepare food for her family. She wasn't able to be a wife. She wasn't able to be a mom. She was not able to do the things she used to do. She wasn't able to be the person that she had always been. She had lost her purpose. She was cast aside as unclean, kept away from everyone for 12 years. But the separation from her family was just the beginning of her disappointments. Verse 26 said, She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. It's an interesting point here. The bleeding woman is in three of the Gospels. It's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. 
Luke was a physician. And if you read about the bleeding woman in the Gospel of Luke, he leaves out that part about the doctors not being able to fix her. That shows you the humanity of our Gospel writers and the divinity that was coming through them from God to write. But that, but that does show us the men, the men that wrote these, they, they were real. These were real people. But she had gone to doctor after doctor to look for a cure. Now the Talmud, the written record of Jewish tradition, offers these cures for bleeding that doesn't stop. Put three pints of Persian onions in wine, boil it, and give it to the lady to drink. Set her in a place where two ways meet. Let her hold a cup of wine in her right hand, and then let someone come up and scare her. (laughs) Now, how about these ones? Carry the ashes of an ostrich egg in a linen bag in summer and a cotton bag in winter. Or, this is the kicker one, to carry carry around a barley corn that was found in the dung of a white female donkey. Now, she has spent all her money on these cures. None of them worked. She finds no answers. She finds no relief from her suffering. She was left disappointed. But she was not willing to stay in her disappointment. She was going to let her disappointment make her desperate for Jesus. Imagine, she hears of this man, this man who is healing people. Word about Jesus' healing is spreading, and she catches word of that. If only she could get to him. Maybe he could fix her. Maybe he could restore the life that she knew. Maybe this man could stop her suffering. If only I could touch even just his garment, she thought. I can be made well. And so as Jesus is traveling to help another young girl, the crowds are surrounding him. Now at this point in his ministry... He's pretty popular. He's attracting crowds. And so everybody wants to see this Jesus. Everybody wants to catch a glimpse of this miracle man. But there's only one in the crowd that's desperate for Jesus. Desperate for an encounter with the one who could change her. With the one who could heal her. Desperate for the one who could make her whole. And so she comes up behind him, unnoticed by everybody else. And with every ounce of energy she had left, she just, she reaches out. She just reaches out with every ounce that she has left of her energy, just in hopes that she will just touch him. And as he walks by, his clothes touch her hand. And the text says, immediately, 
her bleeding stopped. She felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Can you imagine what that moment was like? How amazing she must have felt. After 12 years, now she has this new life surging through her. What joy. What amazement. What jubilation. But then it's cut short. There's a frenzy starting right in front of her. Jesus stops and he looks around. His reaction is as immediate as her healing. He knew that the power had left him and that someone experienced a miracle. So he asked, who touched me? It sounds like a strange question in a crowd. Even the disciples thought it was an odd question. He was being pressed on from all sides. Everybody's touching him. The disciples said to him, you see the people crowding around you? Yet you ask, who touched me? But Jesus persisted. Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear. She told him the whole truth. Of course she came trembling. We don't know why she came trembling. Maybe with her presence in the crowd, she was afraid of the punishment for being around people. She had broken the purity laws. Maybe she was afraid that they were going to punish her. Maybe she was trembling because for the first time in 12 years, she was free from pain and shame that had followed her for 12 years. Whatever the reason, she was truthful and she admitted to Jesus that she was the one who had reached out and touched him. That moment, that is the point of the whole story. The climax of this story is not her healing. It is in this intimate moment in which Jesus searches her out. He looks her in the face and he listens to her story. He listens to her struggle. He listens to her pain and her suffering. That's the point of the story. It's not about the healing. It's about her becoming whole in the eyes of Jesus. Jesus is telling us that healing isn't always just about relief from pain. Jesus' healing has the power to restore us to wholeness in our bodies, in our communities, but more importantly, with God. See, Jesus seeks her out and hears her story because the world around her needs her story. How many times have we been like this woman, disappointed with life, disappointed with our circumstances, 
desperate for relief. What our bleeding woman came to realize was that Jesus was a refuge. The things of the world were not able to help her. Jesus was the answer that she needed. Jesus was the one who was going to make her whole again. But it took her disappointments to make her desperate for Jesus. And Jesus made sure that others heard her story. They were in a crowd of people, people that were there to just catch a glimpse of Jesus. But none were desperate for Jesus like she was. So when he asked, who touched me? It's not about an accusation. He's not looking to judge her. He's asking with compassion. He's asking so she can be encouraged in her faith. He's asking as one who understands. He's asking as one who wants to meet her face to face. Churches across the world are filled with people that are content to just catch a glimpse of Jesus. But they're not desperate to experience Jesus. Are you letting your disappointments rob you of looking ahead with hope? Are you letting your disappointments make you desperate for Jesus? Several years ago, our young mom, not content to wait for things to happen, signed up to be on a mission team. And she traveled outside the country to help others. It was an incredible experience for her to look beyond her own difficulties and help others. But halfway into the trip, her health issues raised up their ugly head again. And she found herself now patient to the very people that she was there to care for. Disappointment had set in again. She cried out to God, looking for answers. God, what is going on? He answered. My grace is sufficient for you. For the power that I have is perfected in your weakness. You see, there are no neat and tidy answers for our disappointments and for our suffering. But we have a Savior who loves us, who has compassion on us. We have a Savior who gave his all for us. Jesus gives us himself. Jesus is our answer. He doesn't need to give us a bunch of words to answer our questions. He is the word. He is the word made flesh for us. Whatever disappointments are burdening you today, Whatever suffering is causing you grief today, know that there is a Savior who understands. Jesus 
knew disappointment. Jesus knew suffering. God wrote the book on suffering. He called him Jesus. If you feel broken, he is broken with you. If you've been betrayed, Jesus was betrayed by his closest friends. If you feel like the world is just passing you by, remember, it passed by Jesus first. There were two kinds of people in the crowd that day. There were spectators and there were seekers. The bleeding woman was a seeker. She was desperate for Jesus. The others were just spectators. They just wanted to see what would happen. I'm sure there were people in that crowd that had needs. There were people in that crowd that were hurting. There were people in that crowd with disappointments. But only one of them was desperate for Jesus. Only one was willing to reach out and touch him. Twelve years of disappointment is enough to make someone bitter. But instead, she let that disappointment make her desperate for Jesus. This past week, our young mom, who's not quite so young anymore, found herself in the emergency room. Her health issues had gotten the best of her again. And as she sat in the hospital bed, hooked up to an IV, and the recipient of a battery of tests and scans, that once again left the doctors bewildered and without cure. Facing disappointment again, she heard the whisper of God. Remember the bleeding woman. Remember how her disappointment turned to desperation for Jesus. Share her story. Share it for the broken. Share it for the people that are disappointed. Share it for the spectator that wants to now seek and be desperate for Jesus. I want to leave you with a prayer written by Ken Gyre. He based it upon the story of the bleeding woman. God, I know that only those who suffer greatly reach out to grasp you. People who have nothing to offer but the faith that you can make them whole. I confess, O oh Lord, how often I have followed in the crowd, pressed around you. Yet how few times have those brushes with you changed my life. I have touched you but only in the rush hour of religious activity. 
Sunday after Sunday, I take my part in the crowd as I sit through service. I sing the hymns, I hear the sermon, I read my Bible, I say my prayers. I give my money. How could I be so close to your presence, yet so far from your power? Could it be that my arms are folded? Could it be that my hands are full? I pray that if my arms are complacent, you would unfold them in outstretched longing for you. And if my hands are full, I pray that you would empty them so that I might cling only to you. Are you desperate for Jesus this morning? Are you willing to let your disappointments make you desperate for Jesus? Do you want him more than anything, more than anything else? As we close this morning, we're going to close with a special. I want you to listen to the words of this song. I want them to just shower you with God's word. And I want to open up the, the prayer altar up here. Please do not leave this place with your disappointments. Come forward in prayer. We will pray with you.